0: Whoa, I think it actually worked this time. <laughs> there it is.
1: Welcome to the We're Alive Fancast.
2: Mr. Redbeard and Mick
0: Welcome to episode number 33 of the we Fancast where we cover
1: every new release of the We're Alive audio drama I'm Redbeard And I'm Mick Thank you and welcome to the live podcast We're getting ready to have a lot of fun It's been, they've changed some things already since our last one we're, we're gonna do a quick coverage of part
0: three, and with the fans, we're gonna do coverage of the entire chapter
1: forty-three. Yeah, whatever you guys want to talk about. So this one was the subcap on this one was into the into the darkness. Yeah. So spoiler warning, chapter forty-three-three. Got to pause my own stream there. <laughs> <laughs> way to go. Sorry about that. <laughs> I can hear myself in your mic, by the way. Okay. Thank you. I'll turn that down right now. So. I know we have corrections from last week. We do have corrections from last week, but to get as much time as possible with the fans, I left those out this time. We can cover those maybe next time. Okay, sounds good. But uh, also a few other issues. Chat is all messed up. Uh, a few people have found... Oh, look, Casey's in chat. Uh, a few people have found that if you open the the view all comment, uh, comments section up top in the new tab, you can get around that caption nonsense, so... Don't worry about that. Also, anybody that wants to join, in the About section here, in a few minutes, we're going to post a link and you'll be able to click that and join the channel. There may be problems. If it says that we're not following you, just please drop that in chat and we'll uh, we'll go, be sure to go in there and follow you so you can get in here. And let's see. I think that's all I have before we cover, you know, we're each going to cover just a couple points from the show and then move right into the listener section.
0: Okay, cool. Ready? I'm ready. All right, so we open up this thing with Datu and his uh, where we kind of left off last week and his being able to read the symbols or something. We find out that he's level three, and the first symbol is a meaning for the address to Cordova.
1: Yes, Cordova. Hey, I'm working on the background trying to get Casey in here. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, the, a, that's your big point from the first thing? That's my big point. Yeah, so he, he can read the address. It's hurting his head. That's... Messed up. Yes.
0: But, uh, we've got one more other thing. symbols here in a little bit, so.
1: Okay, yeah. One other thing that I pulled out of there was, um, he's kind of revealing what it's like to be turned. Like, he's trapped in the back of his own head, and he's, so we, we've talked about this being the scariest thing, is if part of your consciousness is still there, and you lose control. Like, what does right. that, you know, how does that make you feel, where all of a sudden this is about killing people's, con- <laughs> not just zombies. Well, it, it makes it seem
0: like there's a possibility that your existence is still trapped inside after you turn, kind of like
1: what Datu was afraid of. Right. Oh yeah, and that's um, that makes this whole thing a little bit freakier too. It, it really does. But it also, it kind of reveals
0: some possibilities as to what that might be, like a parasitic host or aliens, but not magic or hives. <laughs> Darn it! Why
1: can't we have Casey on here now? I know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm working on it. One second. So many tabs. <laughs> <laughs> Click
0: all that. So it, it, I know you're busy. So do you want me to just go ahead and jump into the church?
1: Yeah. Do your next. Yeah. Do your next point. So next, we got the church. There's more symbols that
0: we'll talk about more in detail here in a minute. And Victor kind of spills the beans to Michael about. Or you know, almost us, but about uh, Tanya and Saul being okay that there was there was a fear of them a chance of them being uh turn or blah a chance of them turning soon. <laughs> <to. laughs> yes. And Michael, you know, he he responded, I thought we already knew that, but you know so I gotta say, way to go,
1: Vic. Yeah, really. He called it out and that's like so many people uh tweeted at us and I saw them talking about it. it was so this means Saul and Tanya are good, right? Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Don't know. Well, I've sent Casey a uh, link via email, and maybe he will be able to get in here now.
0: We'll give it a second. Yeah,
1: and I'll move on to let's see, where is. Oh, uh, there he is. Let me add him to broadcast. Oh, my goodness, we got a, a camera even. Yep, you're surrounded by beards. That's right, and you can unmute yourself, Casey. <laughs> I think you can.
3: Now I'm not. Now I'm there here. There we go. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Look at that beard! It's pretty impressive. Right, welcome back to the podcast.
3: Thanks, guys. Well, c- don't let me interrupt you. I'm, I'm just, I'm just listening.
1: <laughs> okay, great. Let me get back to my notes here. This should, should simplify it. I'm not trying to get you in here.
0: Uh, so there are so many times at this point where Datu seems to be turning, and it quickly turns to the Bugs Bunny scene where he's not really dying. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Lori's coughing.
4: <laughs> yes, yes. <I> okay.
1: <laughs> and then he wanders into the church. Yeah, and you you pass right through my second point, so I don't have to cover it. Where basically, more about these symbols. He he can't, can't resist just... the urge. And right. So we're learning. I think we're learning more about what these zombies. You know more characteristics about them. How they can't they can't control themselves. Maybe that human consciousness is in the background. I really hope not. Once he fully turns, but. That's just crazy.
0: Right. So then we see or we we don't see anything. We hear about the meteor smashed hole into the uh into the ground. It's not,
1: but you know. <laughs> awesome. Bring it to Smallville for me. Yep. Yep. Stacking it up to be aliens. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Uh, Casey's shaking his head. He's not making any sound. You might not be able to see him. Uh,
0: yes. That's perfect. That's what I wanted right there. <laughs> So, and this doesn't last very long, and they're uh, getting surrounded by a group of zombies approaching the church. And these are the worst radios in the world. They're not able to call out because
1: of the rain. Yeah, uh, what's up with that? It's like... <laughs> but I like it. It's something that... You know, we've well, we got it, these segmented it, groups going on.
3: It's not so much the radios. I'll throw that out there. Because um, remember, uh-huh. the radios are only part of the equation of how they communicate.
0: Right, it's the relays and everything else involved. Okay, yeah. I I think that's, they, that's scary. Some of, the, some of the existing phone lines and stuff like that too. But uh, let's see, and Dachu says I can hear them. Now is this like sixth sense type thing or does he just hear them obviously approaching?
1: Yeah, they're they're doing some water cooler conversation on the way back home. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you buy the milk? Right. <laughs> And And then, uh, we never got to talk about this. You know, I told you I had the Billy Mays thing. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking, what was I thinking exactly? I don't know. It was uh, basically like, you know, Billy Mays here, and then if you listen now, we'll get you one good cliffhanger. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Hang around another six more minutes, and you'll get two cliffhangers. (laughs) (laughs) What?
0: So, yes, they enter the hole, the dark hole.
1: Yes. I don't even know. I was picturing, I don't know why I was picturing like Darth Vader and everybody entering that transport back in Star Wars, but for some reason that entered my brain. I'm sure it's not going to be white, pretty white paneling in this hole they're going into, but I really don't know where they're going. And just for funky-dunk's sake, uh, which uh, Star Wars is that? That would be uh, A New Hope,
0: the Episode 4. <laughs> so then we, we break away from this. We fade back into, uh, I guess, uh, Dunbar and it's Tanya and Saul talking about the antibiotics, and she kind of clarifies it that the antibiotics wouldn't do anything
1: for Datu. Right. Because, and she she also says something funny there, where she says, to help with an infection, you know, not whatever this zombie thing is. For some reason, that uh, caught my ear.
3: Yep, yep, yep.
1: And so there's
0: the talk about CJ being invited to stay at Dunbar, and Saul kind of breaks the news about all the details about them deceiving cj in order to attack that colony <laughs> it's going pretty well until his mom starts to side with cj
1: and kind of sets him straight yes yeah, she pulls him out and I, I appreciate what she's doing here too because she does need help and she doesn't need him freaking out on her veterinary skills well mean.
0: that that wasn't because of that wasn't because of the news that got broke About the the inner workings of the CJ scandal. Right. (laughs) But but Lizzie coming in, because there's something wrong. Yeah, she's got a fever. Yeah, the baby's heart rate is down, Lizzie's blood pressure is up, and Saul is freaking
1: out like a dad should be. Maybe. This takes me to my my third note, which was, no, please, please no zombie baby. (laughs) Please. Oh, No.
3: Okay.
4: Okay,
1: okay, Casey's taking like hesitantly shaking his head. No. So I'm not sure.
3: I'm not confirming or denying anything. I'm just that that just sounds weird to me. Just just saying. uh, But I don't know. You never know.
1: That's right. And it should sound weird. That's you know. Well, it reminds
3: me a lot of um, uh, what happened in the newest Dawn of the Dead, the one by Zack Snyder.
1: Right. I did not like that part at all.
3: Yeah, that part was a little odd to me,
1: but I, he, I guess he was just going for shock value there. I don't know. Yeah, somebody had to do it eventually. Hopefully, it's done never to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for me, man. Uh, as far as oh, of course, well, well, the big thing that happens at the end if we're going to cover right. through it all,
0: Tanya's saying that they're going to deliver the baby at Kane Hospital.
1: <laughs> that's huge. It is. It's huge. It's freaky. If she thinks she's going into a clean OR, I don't think uh, she's thinking straight. Well, and there's something
0: that was never addressed, is, uh, you know, they were in the maternity ward. Were there, you know, were infants left behind, or were they already picked up? I believe that's where the, the
1: number ones come into play. Mm, that could be scary. <laughs> <laughs> the, the silent shrug. Beautiful. So, real quick, though, I do, I do want to talk about the symbols
0: before we get real far into it. Okay, and... Uh, so, you know, we, we we found out the one symbols for the, the address to Cordova, and we know that Datu's feeling pain when he reads the symbols. And like you kind of talked about earlier, it's he says it's like sitting back away from what I could see, like I was in the backseat of my mind watching from a distance. And Datu's insight to what, what it is to be a zombie from a human point of view is pretty terrifying. And jump in here anytime, Mick.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah absolutely that's what I was saying if, if there's any part of you back behind that's watching with these terrible things that your body would be doing I mean that's that's got to be one of the ultimate horrors of the show if that's what happens so I don't know with all that in mind it
0: makes me think that there's some kind of parasitic or intelligent host of some sort occupying the
1: human body okay
0: uh, Yeah. So and, we, and, and from what we know from before you know they can die from bleeding out so it, it's a symbiotic relationship, right?
1: Yeah, so one depends uh, on the other. exactly. Um, I'm trying to rethink I thought symbiotic is that whenever you know both can benefit from what the other is doing. Yeah. That wouldn't sound quite right. Maybe not. I may have the wrong term. I'd have to look up the term without this being called out on the spot with it. But so
0: we also find out. Okay, so the symbol with the the fan, the I guess the it's the three lines with the five lines going to a point uh below it that means stop and the symbol above the church which we don't really understand there wasn't no great description of what the what the symbol was but it was large distinct lines scratched into the stone and it meant enter mhm and with with those simple commands being figured out and i'm sure being journaled away can they be
1: used as a tool to fight the zombies oh i haven't i hadn't even Uh, Gotten close to thinking about that. That's crazy and genius. Just put up signs around the the colony that says stop. All right. (laughs) No reaction from (laughs) Casey. Hands are up, shrugging.
3: (laughs) You will not goat me into giving reactions verbally or visually.
1: Oh, it's funny you say goat, (laughs) (laughs) though. Love it. You dog.
0: (laughs) Well,. That's really all I had on that until we get into more discussion with the fans.
1: Yeah. Uh, Casey, thanks for joining again, like we said. Uh, Is there anything else you want to cover before we start welcoming the guests in here? You asking me or Casey? I'm asking uh, Mr. Wayland there.
3: (laughs) Oh, me. Oh, uh, about the episode? No, I'm just... uh, No, whatever you guys... uh, I'm I'm kind of on the, the, the back of your wings, so you guys fly and I'm just here to to comment where people have questions, answers or stuff like that. I just won't give you anything more than uh, I can't give you what's going to happen in the next couple chapters. I might I might at the end of this give you the title of the next chapter if if everyone's nice. Score See, everybody. <laughs> if, they're nice. if they're not nice, then I'll just
1: Yeah, so easy with all the musical jokes, I guess. <laughs>
5: <laughs> and he's out <laughs>
1: I was waiting to see like a little desk flip over in the background.
3: <laughs> no, my desk is a mess right now I don't want to put it on.
1: <laughs> That's great. okay guys I've just placed the uh, the link in the uh, the about section. you may need to, f- to refresh that page to see it and when you click it, hopefully it's going to send you right back into this into our hangout here. If it doesn't, please let us know in chat, and we can make sure to go follow you on Google Plus because that's what it made us do for Redbeard tonight. All of a sudden, just a month after the last one. So,
3: oh, and uh, if you do that, mute your or pause the YouTube uh, tab.
1: Yes, absolutely. Pause that so we don't get that feedback.
3: I left mine open so because the chat thing is slightly different.
1: Yeah, a little bit, a little bit there. And wow, there are some crazy comments in the chat. <laughs> my favorite so far, I haven't been able to look at all of them, was uh, Deacon's comment about Casey's testosterone or something and how he couldn't grow a beard and he wants to.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, looking my, at my hair just subtracts up top and adds on bottom. It's just that's, that's how it works.
1: <laughs> that's great. Let's see. The
0: go back to the. baby would eat all the others. That's also Deacon. <laughs> oh, wow.
3: <laughs> um, your script reading. If I read you the stuff I was working on, you'd be so confused because it's like from chapter 46.
1: That's right. <laughs> oh, look, we've got uh, our good buddy Adam has joined the stream. Let me show him in broadcast. And, and, all I'll, right, Adam, about to unmute you, Let's see how this works. Hey, um, Adam. He says his mic is messed up. Mic is messed up.
3: Well, I guess he can type here and we can respond. Sure. And if anybody, like, I guess if we people ask questions in the chat, we can just respond to them as they go through or whatever.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if we don't get to it, you can you can post it again, but we'll try to get to them. But chat is moving pretty quick. It's good stuff. And for those of you multitasking, your
0: camera will come on when you're in the bathtub. <laughs> I've had that happen before. <laughs> what? Well, not me, but someone that joined a uh, live chat. They, they were, were in, in their the bathtub? bathtub? Yeah, they were in the bathtub holding a conversation with us. Wow. It was a very awkward moment.
1: Full-grown man taking a bath. <laughs> well, all right. Hey, okay, Alberto is in chat. Do we know his forum name? No. All right, I'm going to bring him into... Looks like his camera might be on, too. So. Oh, yeah, oh very cool. Yeah. So I'm going to... I clicked the unmute there. We should be able to hear you now. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah, hey, Alberto. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you. I'm actually uh, Undead Sweeper. How you doing?
3: Oh, hey. Yeah, I know oh, that cool. name. This is gonna this is gonna happen a lot, by the way, at the live event for anybody coming out. We have no idea what anybody's real name is, so oh. we're probably gonna have to come up with a name tag thing for everyone from the forums like, here's your name tag
1: <laughs> <laughs> that'll work out.
2: So Yeah, I I wish I could actually go to the event. I just I live northeast with uh it gets Nick Voodoo <laughs> in this area.
3: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, one day, hopefully, if we ever get to do this years down the road, we'd love to take it on tour. I don't, I can't swear anything to that now, but I'd love to do it one day.
1: That would
0: be pretty killer. So, you got any feedback from today's episode? Actually, I was,
2: um, I, I left a comment on the forums about the whole CJ thing.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, because I, I've noticed Casey is kind of, I don't know if it's intentional, but it seems that uh, there's been more, um. I would say interaction among the characters about kinda of be a little more appreciated at CJ or seeing on CJ's side. Because it it um it looked like a lot of the people were especially on the form of her kinda of a little harsh on her leadership. But i I I look at uh, what Michael was doing and I'm like, what's that different from what CJ is doing at the time?
3: Yeah, I gotta agree. I mean, uh, that's something that's changed a little bit, I think, with with uh all the characters progress and grow as they go. Uh, CJ was her own hermit for the longest time in her own tower, and she went from, like, a community mentality to a single-person mentality, now back to community. So she's gone back and forth. She's always been a little bit different, but, yeah, I think everybody is really just trying to do that the best they can is, is what it boils down to, and everybody makes mistakes. There's not one person on in the uh, on the crew that has not screwed up at least once. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, that's,
0: that's a better way to look at it. I kept thinking because she was such a great planner that she had some modular agenda or an angle, and I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. But yeah, it doesn't appear to be that way.
1: Mm. Yeah, it does not. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Alberto, got a couple yeah. questions for you, brother. Okay. Let me. Uh, and that's not like a Hulk Hogan, like brother. <laughs> uh, for some reason I say that now. I don't know why. Do you think it's. You don't think this is going to be a zombie baby, do you? I'm
2: hoping it's not a zombie baby because it just gets way too much complicated. If it, if, because what? Is the baby going to, like, crawl out of uh, poor uh, poor Lizzie's uh, body? Or. It just. I don't know how <laughs> well you're going to do that. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: well, of course it would claw its way up. But it doesn't have any nails. It doesn't have any teeth. So it's just going to be, like,. There, <laughs> just yeah,
1: oh, it's terrible. Yeah, luckily, luckily, about... Saul wasn't infected by a little one. You
3: ever read Twilight? Apparently, Edward's just gonna chew it out. Oh, oh. wow! Oh. oh,
1: another reason for me not to read it. Oh, oh gosh! <laughs> Hello, kitty, kitty.
3: This is uh, Poe, who is uh, the inspiration for Mister Whiskers.
1: All right, is that that is that the cat you took the picture with the album art? Or yeah, this
3: is the same one. So he's 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 a little bit of an internet star.
1: <laughs>
3: Are
2: we ever gonna see Mr. Whiskers again or he's still at gonna stay at tower?
3: You're seeing him right now. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you look like an evil henchman over there. Yes.
1: And Redbeard, you had some questions, right? Uh no, not at the moment. Oh okay. I thought you were gonna throw some questions out there. Alright, Alberto. Um, uh, anything else, brother? Um trying to
2: think. Uh,
1: are we ever going to see Skittles <laughs> or Skittle completely
3: out of the story now?
0: <laughs> I like the eyebrow raise.
3: Put it this way, um, if we didn't even hear about him again, it would be like a little bit of a whatever happened to moment. And I don't, I don't want to leave those in the story. Um, okay. I, I think that there's there's a lot of stuff in the story that uh, we, we spent some time on in, in previous seasons. Uh, but I really like to wrap up every kind of like different oh, hair everywhere. Um, I like to wrap up all the uh, the possible what ifs in the scenario. If that makes sense, okay.
1: That's good. It sounds like uh, we're not going to not see him answer. <laughs> Double
3: negatives.
4: <laughs>
1: Beautiful.
3: All well, right, they man. could discover a dead body and it's him. I mean, that that would be the same. But I mean, just, you know, you never know.
1: <laughs> and Mr. Whiskers would be eating him. That's right. Uh, any uh, <laughs> any truth to uh, Marson Lynch coming in to play Skittles? Any um, Seahawks, there's no Seahawks fans here I guess oh
3: oh I don't know that
1: <laughs> it's a, fo- a football player who is famous for eating skittles
3: ah oh, okay I was like right. sports what huh?
1: <laughs> 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 all right Alberto uh, we're gonna bring in the next uh, listener here okay no problem thank you for having me on yeah thanks for joining all right looks like we've got funky dung up here next I'm gonna bring him onto the show Hello, oh, there, he there you are. What's up? Wait, Fair sorry. Enough. I unmuted you and you muted yourself back. My bad.
6: I'm never sure who's supposed to control that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm never sure if you could if you could even control it, but apparently you can. So yeah. very good. Welcome
6: back. Hey, glad to be back. Let's see.
1: I want to turn your volume up just a little bit here, kind of equalize
6: it with the rest of us. Fair enough. Very good. So what would you think? Uh, of what in particular, just the latest episode or the whole chapter? Both. It's free game. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, talk about whatever you want. Third season, fourth
6: season. <laughs> <laughs> CJ! No, uh, um. Anything that
3: really buggy in the story? Because I like talking about stuff that we might not have uh, covered very well.
6: Ah, uh, okay. Uh, I- I'm a little confused about Michael's story arc uh, as a character. Um, okay. Um... Are you are you trying to make us dislike him?
3: <laughs> well, well, okay. So let me ask you: What are some of the things that you don't like about him? Just curious. Was it well, the most recent episode?
6: No, it's it's really been a, a kind of a long term transformation. That, that in the beginning, um, I really enjoyed identifying with him as uh, somebody who was making the best of a bad situation, He was taking on a leadership role, uh, albeit reluctantly, but doing it well, and saving people's butts, and yeah, making mistakes and whatnot. Then somewhere along the line, uh, he just gets off track and sucked into his own particular obsessions, and uh, it was was strange. It was a little jarring. And then at the same time, and I know I I probably sound like a broken record, then comes Jar Jar of CJ, and... (laughs)
0: Some um, people really hate her, and I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> well, well, that's that's why Mick loves her so much.
6: <laughs> <laughs> He's still gonna kill you. <laughs> Here's my, my, my amateur psycho uh, analysis. Um, that so I know you said that you put yourself into some of these characters, um, or these characters are manifestations of your personality. <laughs> and I think you've even specifically said that Michael and C J are both manifestations of your personality. Yeah, actually, and,
3: everybody has a piece, but it's different amounts. Yeah, yeah. I okay. know
6: but it almost it almost seems like my, that part of your personality that's Michael you're you're bitter about and you're trying to punish and you know you want to play up the CJ part and you know.
3: Well, it <laughs> it goes back and forth. It's a mix between because um, they're kind of opposite leaders in a way. Uh, Michael has his own leadership style. CJ has her own leadership style, and neither one is absolute right. Um, and litmaster said, "No way, CJ equals Casey." Um, oh, thanks, litmaster. Um, but right now, Michael uh, Michael's perspective has, has shifted significantly since he came back from Fort Irwin. Um, Michael, at the time, especially in the beginning, he was more concerned with uh, the individuals, people, more because that was what he was focused on, and, and getting them to safety. And then once he saw the kind of threat that was out there, he didn't. Uh, he went to more of a bigger picture avenue. And that's where he's at now, where um, he's willing to take more risks because of the uh, apparent bigger danger that's going on. That's kind of his, his arc has changed for that. And it's also, there's still a lot of personal growth of stuff he has to deal with, especially with um, the past, with, uh, with Randy. And mistakes that he's made, and still having to deal with, um, and as, especially the uh, dealing with uh, Datu is something that's that's a huge arc still for him. Gotcha. So it's, it's still there's still a lot more um, to come from him, but he's not—he's definitely not perfect. He's very very flawed, and he's still got a lot of room to grow there. I hope that answers some of your question without not doing too much.
6: <laughs> well, I didn't know how much I could bring up anyway, because you know, putting you on the spot to defend your characters and.
3: Oh no, no, no. I don't mind it at all. I, it's if I can't defend my characters and the choices I make, then that's a poor storyteller. <laughs> and there's some yeah. things, obviously, that I'm that I might dance around a little bit, uh, because there are there's more still ahead. So. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, so there there will be stuff that I might be a little bit vague or take time to answer on because I'm filtering a response. But but yeah, no, I'm I'm all everything's pretty much fair game at this point.
6: Gotcha.
1: Very good. So do you think uh you think we're gonna have a zombie baby?
6: <laughs> uh, I I think I've seen that movie that had the zombie baby. Uh, and uh, actually, I thought that was a fairly creative thing to do, but not that I want to see it again. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that does, that just doesn't seem like Casey's style.
1: No, it doesn't. I've, we've actually gotten a few different messages, I think in the last week, of people saying, so was Saul infected before this baby was possibly conceived, or when could that I have happened?
3: that now if you want. Yeah, please do. Uh, it was the Fourth of July party. They hooked up before stuff went down.
1: Oh, okay.
3: Yeah, and it's. Uh, I think it's mentioned in one of the episodes that... Um, like, I think it's the converse, it's, it might even be a background conversation um, uh, at the helicopter site when Pegs sees Lizzie again for the first time since uh, a long time. And uh, it, it, I think it, it's somewhere in there where he was conceived uh, at the 4th of July party. And so they hooked up um, before everything went down.
1: That's right. I remember you saying that before now. That's kind of a silly question then.
3: No, no, that's not a silly question. I mean there's 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 so many little details that stuff can easily be missed and so yeah, I'm I'm all about making sure that uh like if, if anybody has any questions or things missed we can cover it. It's totally fine.
1: Alright. Hey, uh any other any other crazy conspiracy theories that you've heard or seen this week, Funky? Uh
6: not conspiracy theories, but uh I did do a little bit of wandering around the, the halls of my alma mater uh Google you. Um and um, I came across uh, some stuff about tunnels under Los Angeles. Because I remember seeing uh, something on Discovery or one of those channels that used to have intelligent programming. And
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, was it uh, Cities of the Underworld?
6: I don't know, it could be. The point is, is that it was something about, uh, I think, there was a bunch of tunnels under various parts of California from during the time when there were um, Chinese immigrants who were building the railroad, and also there were tunnels that were related to Prohibition. Um, yeah,
0: the, uh, the opium dens. Yeah, that was Cities of the Underworld.
6: Okay. Well, anyway, my, my point was, was uh, I think uh, you guys were talking in your last episode about, uh, or maybe it was somebody in the forum, somebody was talking about where would all the dirt go, or how long, would, how would they be able to build all these tunnels in such a short period of time, and my thought was they didn't have to. They were there. They just, And they might have to dig new shafts to get to them, but my guess might be that uh, that church tunnel uh, digs into an existing tunnel system.
1: Um, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I didn't even think of that either. So Answers got...
3: will be coming to that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All I can think about is the guinea pig episode of South Park. Oh, oh no. Not me
3: <laughs> you must go to the katata fish. <laughs>
1: Oh man, no, I, I had that song. <laughs> so
0: hey, Funky Dung, do you got any thoughts on how uh, Dotu can read the symbols? What kind of ability it might be?
6: Uh wow, I'm not sure what to make of that because, well, uh, as I'm sure Casey would remind us, he's not into the, the mumbo jumbo, hand wavy kind of uh, uh, solutions to problems and uh, the, the hive mind stuff and, and all that. This seems rather hokey. Um, and and. You know, I guess I'm willing to to stretch my mind out pretty far for sci-fi, but the idea that there's some sort of zombie virus that makes you capable of reading a new language and everybody can read the same language seems a bit off. Uh, And I'm I'm much more partial to the idea of it being Tagalog or something.
1: Hmm. Very good, very good. Hey, we're glad to have you back, Funky Dung. And uh, if you don't have anything else, we're going to bring the next person
6: on. No, I only wanted to say uh, one quick thing about, about Datu. You know, everybody's worried about uh, Datu finally changing and whatnot and question, will he, won't he, what have you. And I, and I just thought it should be said that is uh, never going to give you up Datu's never gonna let you down. Datu's never gonna run around and hurt you. Datu's never gonna make you cry. He's never gonna say goodbye. He's
4: Where's never that going to Tell a lie, and hurt you. Are
1: you just Rick Rolled the entire live cast. Yes.
4: Yes. I Excellent.
1: <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'm gonna, uh, gonna eject both you and Mr. Alberto <laughs> because that of that your... Rick Roll. No, but <laughs> if you have something else to say, um, we still have time. We'll have you back on, man. Ah, uh, that's cool. All right, talk to you later. All right, bye. Bye. All right, see you, Alberto. I'll see you waving, bro. Later. And next Congrats. we have Lit Master. Let me Somebody's talking about ground
3: voice in the chat from Tremors.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a perfect explanation. All right, Lit, you can unmute whenever you want.
7: <laughs> I'm unmuted. I don't know if you can hear me.
1: I can hear you just fine. Sound yes. Crystal clear. <laughs> perfect. Um,
3: so you're skeptical about mines in L.A. Let's hear more about that.
1: I don't
7: know how this pre-existing tunnel or cave system would have existed. And I don't know. The the issue of the dirt is not a huge stumbling block, but it just kind of makes you wonder. Like, That's one of the big intriguing points of the story I have right now is, all right, if Ink is really down in this tunnel system, what is he doing down there? Um It's also intriguing to me that you had all these zombies here within a couple days of the zombie outbreak and they suddenly were gone and where did they go? Are they all now underground? It just, I don't know, it seems to be taking the story in a slightly different direction than what I was anticipating. What is he doing? What does he have, like, a big altar down there, and they're all, like, bowing to him or something? (laughs) Like, (laughs) and how does this tie in with the initial source of the outbreak? I mean, it's kind of interesting to me that now we've, we've pretty much rolled out almost the entire majority of this story, and the sucker has still got us guessing as far as what's happening. I thought when we had the whole issue of the uh, like who was the rat back in the tower, that was going to be like the mystery component in the story. And once that was kind of figured out and, and, and unfolded, that would be pretty much the end of the guessing game and the uh, the tin hat foil uh, tin foil hat theories that people came up with. But <laughs> so Casey, since you're since you're uh, listening now, I want to ask you: um, Is that something you had planned from the inception of this story that? you were going to build in these little things that would keep people guessing right up to the end?
3: Um, no, uh, is the best answer I can give to that. Actually, when I firstly, initially went through the concept of it, I outlined, like, this was before I even started, I outlined the first two seasons. But after, the, after that, I didn't figure out yet. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until um, inside, into the first season that I started to figure out where I wanted to go um, and figured out kind of where it was. Because I think part of it, um, for me, was I didn't want to distinct... like I had an idea of what I wanted to do for the ending, but there's so much still up in the air when the project was initially launched. I mean, I had to figure out who the characters were. I had to figure out... just so many little different ins and outs of what happened um, with the story that so, so much still had to be um, kind of figured out. But then after... I'd say after that first initial season and I'm establishing all the characters and the norms, um, I start to layer in... Um, all the mysteries of, of everything going around, and then also strategically find a way to release the information in the best way possible to let them discover the answers rather than we just give them to you. So that's kind of how um, it's been able to continue to keep guessing is because you're, it's strategically mapped out to where it's like, okay, you're going to get this little piece now. That's only going to be one piece of the puzzle. You're going to get the other one, you know, six episodes down the road, and that kind of thing. So it's it's been... It's kind of like just slowly giving you the world. Because if you get it all at once, it's unbelievable. But if you get little bits at a time, you're going to be able to kind of like follow everything a little bit closer.
7: Right. Speaking of the uh, character development, I just came up with this on the forum uh, a little while ago. But I noticed in this latest episode, Michael twice says to Victor, I'm not stupid in terms of the plans that he's making. (laughs) And it seems to make a point of that. And it seems to like, well, why would he mention that twice? And I noticed previously uh, CJ had talked about, well, I'm doing this for the sake of everybody. I'm not doing it just for me. I don't benefit from this. And she seems to be making a point of that, like I'm not selfish. I'm like, huh. Like seems to be a little bit of uh, anxiety or self-doubt with both of these leader types as far as like – uh, whether or not they feel like they're qualified to really lead these people, and I think Michael in particular seems to be uh, regretting some uh, what he sees as past mistakes that he he's made that may have cost some lives, and he kind of takes responsibility for that. And I'm just thinking, like, what does this say about Casey himself as a person? Like,
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, it's I'll, I'll tell you exactly. Well, one of the reasons why he says it is because. He does not have a plan at every single second, and it's kind of a, a way to maintain face in front of your troops. He's trying to be a good leader. Like if he in front of Victor seemed wavery or unsure of his next action, or like he needs to maintain in front of everybody else that he is know- knows what he's doing, no, even though no. in his head the reality of it is he just walked into this church, saw that, and was like, probably. Oh shoot! I'll say that. I'm uh what am I gonna do now? This this is insane. Like Michael probably in his in his mind is like you know, essing himself because he doesn't know what to do next at points. He kind of flies by the seat of his pants at different times and like so he's he's probably juggling at times. And that's one of the reasons why he's also saying he's not stupid. So <laughs>
7: Very good. Uh, the the other uh one other issue I can think of that's been brought up. Uh, last week and this week on the forums as far as uh, Datu instantly interpreting these symbols, the zombie insta language thing and uh, <laughs> what what that means specifically I'm enjoying I'm greatly enjoying the fact that uh, <laughs> that Casey is finally on the hot seat here in terms of yeah, like, um, having um, to um, really um, justify uh, an aspect of played... his story.
3: Everyone's like, "Well, why? How is it that he could like just from changing be able to uh, interpret these things?" And I'm just like,
4: mm-hmm.
3: "Can't, but right. yeah."
4: <laughs> it's
3: it's. I'm trying the best that I can to maintain not to say it because I so want to because people are like, "Oh, I don't know," and I'm like, "Hang in there, wait, but." Who knows? I don't know. There might, and this this is a really good. This is a real possible scenario. Is there will there might be things in the story that might come up where people are like, I don't like it, and so they, they, this could be one of those things where uh, it's something that I have in the story that people don't like. It, it could be. Um, so it can go either way. Uh, my my explanation that's up here um, that might come out in the story for in explaining things might not be the the might not be a good one for people. I don't know. Uh, so there's there's an inherent risk. Uh, with taking some of these things um, but at the same time I feel that um, this these plot points and stuff that's happening is extremely necessary for other stuff so in the in in this perspective it may not make as much sense as in the end and all of a sudden we're like oh
4: okay
7: right it's kind of uh, the fact that this is a Todd's been making a point about this is that um, the fact that you started out the story in a realistic setting and kind of mm-hmm. trans transferred it into this weird zombie apocalypse thing, um, kind of is making people judge the story by the term in terms of our everyday reality, and then that yeah. kind of makes you think like, well, how would that really happen? And is that really realistic like the you know the, you've made the point before about flying zombies, how that would be totally ridiculous, having yeah. zombies with big wings flapping around and how that would just not fit with the uh, with the uh, physics of the world, but in I think terms
3: it does actually fit uh, I will say that much here i think um, I think the answer that is there fits, and I think it'll work just fine. Now, that's my my perspective though, but that's you know I could be wrong it's it as we get towards the end here um I have to pull back portions of the curtain that i've I've held back for a while, and there might be stuff that people don't like better that that's behind there so uh it could happen um uh one of the things that I kind of latch onto a little bit during this whole process because it's extremely stressful this uh writing the last this last half of this last season uh is probably the most stress I've ever had to do with with writing um and especially with uh just an landing and ending. Um, yeah. JK Rowling, when she was finished with her last book, she like set it down and sat back and looked at it and she's like, Well, I don't know. People are some people are there might be people that hate it. I don't know. It's it's an inherent risk you have to take as an author sometimes is you don't sometimes know. You you kinda have to see and, and go with your go with your instincts. And I've I've kinda gone with my instincts the best that I have through the whole story and uh, I think uh hopefully this will pan out and it'll be okay. I, I think it will be. Once it's explained, people are like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. Then all of a sudden...
4: Uh...
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, what People keep prodding in the chat saying that uh, nanotechnology could be an explanation for how Dotsu could read the symbols. Your take.
4: Uh, Nanobots? That,
1: yeah, that says it all right there. <laughs>
4: uh,
1: Dinobots, maybe. Yes, uh, Dinobots. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That
3: doesn't impute. Uh, okay, no, I, I don't want to break my brain.
1: <laughs> hey, Lit, did you have anything else for uh, us or Casey? Uh, no, no, I'll let
7: somebody else have a chance now. But thanks for giving me some time.
1: All right, Manuel, thanks for joining the stream. Thanks, Lit. Good no question.
3: Problem. Talk to you later. I like being in the hot seat sometimes. It's it, it's hard to come up with some of these answers on the fly. I will I will definitely say that.
1: Yes. Okay. So. Um, We've got one last here. Let's, let's see, I'm taking care of this here. We've got one last uh, listener calling in, and there's a couple in chat I've seen that w- said they would like to join. All you've got to do is click that section down there in the About. If There's a little link there. Click it, join, and you should be able to get in. If not, let us know in chat, and we'll try to resolve that for you. And Casey, uh, before we get Jeremy in here, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about what you were saying about how busy you are this last half season. Does yes. it have to do with, I mean, does it have to, have to do with you really committing to that being done by July 19th and forcing your way through that, or is there something else going on?
3: You went to Garble Town. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I missed, I, I missed like 17 words in there.
1: Sure. You said you're really busy this last half of the season, and is that due to uh, a scheduling constraint you put on yourself, or is there a lot of writing going into this and you're trying to make it just right, or something else?
3: Um, it's... Uh, a lot of both, like because uh, I, I edit and I write um, and I'm producing and directing all this. Like Grace and I juggle s- so many different hats, but a lot of the the writing the writing is where the, a lot of the stress comes in because I'm producing the episodes and editing, but I also have to portion out time to write and um, more and more time goes into editing uh, now than it ever did before, just because like we don't let stuff fly that like we would in previous seasons. Like, I don't know, like we've never gone down in quality. Uh, we've always gone up and I never want to like, ever be like, that's acceptable, put that out. I never want to do that. Um, sometimes there's some things where it's like, I wish we had better music here, but we don't have time to have something new scored. This this will work. I mean, every so often something like that will happen. Um, but for the most part, we try and um, like, put the best possible product out there. But in terms of writing, it's very hard to juggle all the stuff that um, I want to have come out and have it come out in a very natural way. Sometimes I'll like I'll be starting to write a scene and then I'll completely take the scene and just throw it in the trash and start a different type of uh, a different location for the scene because it's all about like this flexibility of the things that are happening and where they can take place and it's trying to um, you know not rely on any uh, create something new if that makes sense a new setting a new feel to every chapter. Um, different pacing, different... Uh, there's a lot that happens in the next uh, next five chapters. So it's been kind of like a, a little bit of a juggling process to try and get uh, what I want the best way economically with time in one little episode. So it's just it's kind of juggling a lot at once.
1: Right, so I see what you're saying. That's a whole lot. And next we have, a, I believe it's, it's Redshirt. So I'm going to add him to the call here. Let's see, where did he go? There he is. Okay, you should be able to unmute yourself, Richard.
8: Yep, I'm here. Can you hear me? Hey. hey. Welcome hey. back. Jeremy. Hey. Uh, hey, guys. Nice to meet you, Casey, finally. Hey. Sorry, I don't have a webcam, but uh, just for your imagination, I actually am by some chance wearing a red shirt. <laughs> in the bathtub? I do
3: with those.
8: Yes, in the bathtub. <laughs> no, not the bathtub.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
8: I just wanted to uh, throw in a quick comment. Um Back to what uh, I think it was Funky Dung was saying about the um, underground uh, L.A., uh, one of the posts I put on the forum. Um, After the 1938 flood of L.A., the uh, Army Corps of Engineers channelized the L.A. River, and in addition to that, a lot of the feeder streams were actually put, for the most part, underground as well. Um, If you go to Chapter 41.3, Post number 171 on page 18.
4: There's a whole lot
8: more to it in the write-up, but um, there's a whole lot of stuff underground in L.A., um, not to mention the purple and red lines of the uh, commuter rail system, which are also underground. But with the uh, street name that we learned today, I did a quick check of the transit map of L.A., and it turns out there actually are no subways anywhere near that street. I can't seem to recall it off the top of my head. But um,
3: that's that's correct. Yeah, I I do know where there aren't subways. (laughs) Um, That doesn't give away anything, trust me. But uh, but just being part of L.A., like the the transit in L.A. sucks. It's it's awful.
4: Um,
3: There's not really you have to have a car. You can't get around without one. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I'm totally with you on that, but I, yeah, post, if you can post that link again in the current forum chat, that'd be awesome to take a look at. Like if you, cause I'm always like even story side, aside, that'd be kind of neat to check out.
8: All right. Let's see here. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, uh, trying to post it in the chat on the YouTube page. It's not letting me do that. Let me see if I can post it in the actual chat for the hangouts. There it is. That's uh, chapter 41, part 3, and uh, again, it's uh, post number 171 on page 18. A uh, couple of links. Uh, Google has changed their maps layout since then, but a lot of those links I embedded in there should go to um, the actual map image of the, the parts that I'm talking about. Uh, in particular, I believe it's um, the Passioma Wash goes underground at Van Nuys Boulevard for about a mile and it looks to be about two to three cars wide or so it's probably a square tunnel so that's pretty big mile long tunnel you can hide a lot of things in there
3: yeah there's a lot of little contingency plans about like um uh like the LA water basin is supposed to be like a channel to get to the sea and there's a lot of like old militaristic mm-hmm. world war II sort of things that uh of have been discovered along the way. A lot of research is done through this stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. I'm not going to look at it now because I think it would be distracting.
8: <laughs> yeah. Something else I also took a look at too, also, I managed to find a small uh, fault line map. The location of that street in Pasadena also seems to be. Generally in the um, in the middle of, but out of the way, doesn't seem to have any actual major fault lines running through it. One possible idea that I had is there could be maybe a fault line generated cavern that that hole might have connected to, but that m- might not be the case.
3: That'd have to go pretty deep there. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, I'm not going to discourage the idea, um, especially because it's it's uh, an interesting idea, but I. I No comment. (laughs)
4: comment. I
3: have to be careful. I have to really be careful on this one, guys. Sorry.
8: Oh, I know. I understand. It's your baby, and you're gonna play it close to the chest until it's time to, as you said, pull back the curtain.
3: Yeah. Well, there's there's a lot of stuff, and this um, when when all this is said and done, I'll probably do a lot of different uh, like talks. Um, we won't really do so much Q&A there at the live event um, because we're just going to let it resonate for a little while. Um, But we will be doing, when we do the live stream of the last episode, we're going to do that online only. Um, I think maybe it's like a week and a half after the live event in L.A. Uh, Then we will have the Q&A afterwards and talk a little bit about it and open up some discussions. But there will be things that we, even then, I'll be like, That's something for you guys um, to to put the pieces together yourself. Because I have answers to everything I'm proposing, but a lot of the stuff I don't want to say. If that makes sense, like I'm going to give you most everything, but there's some stuff that's going to be that can't be known to the characters and the story. If that makes sense, I would break my own rules.
8: No, no, it makes perfectly good sense. I mean, I haven't been published have yet myself, but... Um, uh, we will have the Q&A afterwards. On
3: the it's all right, oh, sorry, sorry, this my bad. For some reason, YouTube
8: stopped. <laughs> <and> Pause here. <laughs> you did that to me too I got a weird echo there, and my brain went, bah. But no, I know <laughs> what you're saying about playing things close to the chest. I'm a writer myself, and I haven't been published yet, but uh, I'm working on parts of it are kind of like a background system, kind of a continuity of how the world works and operates. And were I to ever be published... There's a fair bit of that background information that's that's very strictly and solely for me. Probably yeah. would never be published.
3: Yeah, and there's there's same with a lot some of the science behind some of the things of we're alive. I'm not gonna ever put out because uh, there we there's a lot of scientific explanations for some of these things that um, that the characters would never know. But I, as an author, have to know, and that's why it's like it's one of those things where it's like people can figure out and put in their own pieces, and but it, it's really um, just something to make it the the answer plausible. But at the same time, if they have information, it would be then implausible. It's kind of a weird balance,
8: right? Like uh, eyewitness accounts from the actual Ground Zero in Englewood, when no one really possibly could have actually survived from that.
3: Yeah, exactly. Like uh, I. Like, I know exactly the what transcribed around those areas, but no, nobody else would.
8: Right. Now, one question I do have for you that I am kind of curious about um, in putting the story together and um, going on to the forums, have the fans made connections and uh, drawn conclusions that might have been accurate? but oh, yeah. you hadn't actually put in there intentionally. We just accidentally connected something that actually fit and worked and didn't put in there.
3: Yeah, it's happened once or twice where I'm like, crap, that person figured it out. But then there's like 40 other posts that they don't. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause it, it, there's, there's, there's been a couple where it's like, I, I'm reading it, and I'm like, they kind of figured out the last half of this last season. But only, here's the thing is, there's many different story threads, right. and they only figured out one. So it's not mm-hmm. a huge – like, no one has ever figured out every single story not, uh, story thread that's been going on in the story. That's, that's a good part because there's something for everybody. Somebody's got the science thread, and someone's got the character thread, and someone has this arc of this character thread. So it's a lot of uh, just different – you know, everyone clings on to something else. It's really interesting. <laughs> cool.
1: Well, a hey, uh red shirt, do you think uh what do you think about that behemoth outside kane hospital?
8: Yes
4: um
8: I think that was probably one of the behemoths, one of the original testing behemoths from the county jail. Um, I got really excited when I heard it it had tattoos on it, but then I thought, well, chances are those were probably criminal tats or jail tats, gang tats, that kind of a thing, and um, it stands I to reason that
3: something. I'll just gonna throw what? this out there, yeah, it's Not from the That's jail. True.
8: Sweet. Hey. Okay.
3: I'll reveal that. Why not? Yeah, throw it out there.
1: Well, I've got. Uh, let's well, see. What is it? There it was is a, a conscious Robbins. A message to us. Yeah, there's. Been, we've gotten a couple messages. One very early, actually, last week. I'm trying to find it now. Somebody thought it might have been Robbins. So that was really interesting, and scary.
4: Well. Oh, it, it might be Robbins.
1: Yes.
8: Oh
3: no, no. The, that would. I'm not oh, so sure
8: that. how. Yeah, I, I don't see how that could be possible, but considering the amount of physical damage that those poor guys took when they were attacked, I, they really wouldn't be walking around anymore. I mean, they could maybe possibly have been zombified, but they'd be, you know, draggers. They'd be crawling around, if that. <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure. I
1: th- I'm holding out hope that somehow Robbins himself could still be alive, or that we'll see him zombified in some way, in case he's shaking his head. <laughs> no,
3: um... <laughs> yeah uh put it this way they're they're dead they're not coming back um the story that puck is telling is more brutal than the way he described it. put it that way like when he said that, that he just didn't make it, he's cutting out the 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 horror of everything that happened i i and I, as a writer I don't want to i think it's not um I think it's a little bit in bad taste to get too descriptive about people that you care about in a story like this when it's unnecessary. When he's saying that they would not get back up, he's saying that they would not get back up.
1: Oh, okay. So my uh, imagination's going all kinds of d- dark places now. Yeah. That uh, you did, probably didn't want us to go. I see.
3: Yeah, I, I'm. It's it's trying to. because um, I love these characters as much as you guys do, and I honestly am not a fan of gratuitous violence. Um, so that's why it's. It's respectful in the way that they're passing, in a way.
1: Okay, got it. Well, uh, thanks, Jeremy. Do you have anything else for us?
3: No,
8: um, I think that's really about it. I'm still trying oh. to digest the episode. I only listened to it a couple hours ago. I had to wait until I got home from work to, uh, to listen to it. Yeah, same so, here. And even while we're yeah.
1: talking tonight, I realized that the little, like, subtitle, Into the Darkness, now I'm thinking that's with them going into that yeah. tunnel.
8: To a very, very literal Reveal at the very end of the episode, uh, going down into the actual tunnel itself. Right. But um, I, I will add though that um, there's been some kicking back and forth about the headaches and the 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 being able Datu being able to read the language. Yeah. And people were um, contemplating, which okay, did 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 the Transition Was it triggered by reading it, or can he read it now because he is starting to turn? It's now, with today's episode, kind of seems to be a little bit of both. The symbol is triggering something in his zombie infection, which is then circularly allowing him to read what he's seeing. So I think it's actually a little bit of both. Well, right. I a question. He
1: forgot it immediately, too. That kind of leads into what you're saying there. Mm-hmm. K- Casey...
0: Can can this language be taught to humans?
1: <laughs> well, he said it didn't say anything; it just meant enter.
3: That's oh. Um,
1: I see, Grognard. What's up, Grog?
3: No comment. I can't. Sorry. Okay. Put it like this: uh, there might be. Uh, like no, no, no. I can't. I can't. I want
1: to. I <laughs> oh man, I can't wait for the Q and A after it.
3: Yeah, there's, there's. I mean, even now, like I've had, I've done Q and As. I think every single season, and each, each one is never about the previous episode. They're all about. What's next? So when we get to the end? we will be like, hey, hey, what's up?
4: How <laughs> <laughs> <Not> much?
1: <laughs> all right, well, uh, good to have you again, Shirt. Hopefully, uh, we'll be do on. this again. All right, talk to you later. Yeah, sure thing. See you guys later. See,
3: ya. See you. Take yeah, care, man. Good, good, uh, good stuff. Good topics.
1: Thanks for coming on, man. All right, next we have uh, Deacon here, and just a reminder, uh, if anybody that wants to get on the show, we have the link in the about section. We've got a little bit of time left here, so if you want to hop in here after Deacon, uh, you, you can, and I'm going to bring Deacon in now, and you should be able to unmute.:
9: What's up, guys? What's hey, up, Deacon? Deacon? How you doing? Hey, real good, man. Good to, good to see you feeling better.:
3: Yes, I actually have some color. It may not look like it, but I'm actually alive now. <laughs>
9: well, you know I was gonna say, man, if uh when we did the photo shoot, if you were still sick, you know you wouldn't even need any makeup, just uh the wig, you could be Randy, you know we could make it work.
3: I honestly was barely able to stand at that point. uh I had to go home' I then very next day, well, okay, so I got to give some backstory because people were like, what is he talking yeah,
4: about? Go for it.
3: um okay, so Deacon, uh if you don't know, is the photographer who shot those amazing uh photographs that we did recently with all the cast and crew in uh, one of the warehouses. And uh, a really amazing uh, uh, shoot. Yeah, good work, man. The day before that happened, I got deathly ill. Like, went to the ER and was, like, really, really in bad shape. Um, I actually had to, like, leave, uh, because I was directing Jim Gleason that day um, uh, for uh, the last chapters uh, that we just did, and I actually had to, Basically, I've never done this before, but I'm like, Grayson, you have to take over because it was just, I, I couldn't do it anymore. And I, I was sick, like, deathly ill for two days and had to, like, direct the next day after the photo shoot. So I was, it was bad. It was really, really bad. So that's what he meant. And I was supposed to, in the photo shoot, I was actually going to do long hair and the beard and be Randy, but it <laughs> didn't work out that way.
9: That's great. Hey, we can always do another photo shoot, man. I'm always up for it.
3: We can. We definitely can. We might do it after, cause uh, after it's all said and done. Cause right now it's like it's it's a lot of juggling to get these uh, things to. Hey, my wife is here now.
1: All right, too cool. We really want to get her on, her, uh, on the show once she gets a chance to.
3: All right. Oh yeah. yeah. Casey, she, you
1: uh, gotta look me in the eye, eye
9: and tell me it's not nanobots.
1: <laughs> it is not nanobots.
9: <laughs> <laughs> You flinched, man. You flinched. But you know what? I actually did have a pretty legit question. The actors are really cool, and I noticed that several of them were very similar to their characters. How has their personalities influenced um, their characters on the show?
3: Uh, depends on the person. Uh, there's some people that, like, it's it, – yeah, it, it all depends on uh, on who it is. Uh, but they, who they are is part of, you know, how they perform, and it's, it's really hard to separate mm-hmm. the two um and i mean it's it's when i'm writing the characters and they've been playing it for so long i kind of i i write to them and they perform to me if that makes sense so it's an interchange of, of personalities uh that come across the board so it's like as we come on more and more it's like um kind of a, a meshing of the two if that makes sense
9: yeah, it does. And I think that's why the characters are so believable and so realistic. Like um on the second day, uh, we were working with uh and I call everybody by their character names. I keep forgetting the actor name. We were working with Nate I G's and um we didn't have any prop guns and so you know we were thinking, okay, well he's a soldier he needs a gun or something like that and he picks up his pipe and he's like, Man, I don't need no gun. Saul, man, Saul don't need no gun and it just it reminded me of his, his character like perfect and like and and uh, and see, I call him Victor. Victor is exactly like Victor. Um, Otto, yeah, I keep forgetting their their names, but uh, Otto is exactly like Victor. And even um, in a way, Shirley really reminded me of of Tanya. And you know, I kind of had uh, this this moment when it, when I was talking to her. Um, she reminded me so much of my mother, and I said, you know, you were always one of my favorite characters because you reminded me so much of uh, my mother. And the, one thing I noticed with the way that she interacted with um, the other actors, she really reminded me of Tanya, you know, j- just sort of, um, I don't want to say a, a motherly, but, well, kind of, kind of. So, you know, it's... As soon as uh, we got home, I was wondering how much influence that, that has. But, uh, you know, when you say that it's uh, sort of a melding of the two, that really does explain why the characters are just so likable and believable. And also one other question I had, and I tend to talk a lot. I apologize. I talk real fast. But, um, uh, oh, God, and I forgot my question. Carry on. I
3: will say, I will say just to hang on, uh, One, well, part of the thing is the some of the characters are established before we ever meet the person who's going to perform them, but when we cast the roles, we're looking for those traits. So when we're casting Tanya, she was the best fit for the the motherly type that we had perfectly set in there, and and it, then we kind of it, it changes a little bit down the road, but yeah. like she was cast for that uh, for some of those traits. So it's it kind of goes both ways. Like that's um, like Victor's character, Victor. Um, his character was like not even it was it was small at first and then just grew huge uh, over the over the time. Matter of fact, when when Victor first came on the scene, um, his he's one of those characters that uh, grew because he was he was so cool in the role. Like he he yeah. like it, it almost seemed like uh, his character got bigger because he was such a, a great. What he brought to the role was so awesome.
9: Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, Victor uh, became one of my favorites real early on. Um, so uh, you're, you're positive no nanobots, though. I mean, no nanobots. That little... <laughs> wouldn't make sense.
4: It,
3: it's, uh, no, it, it, it wouldn't make sense in the story because um, ink just couldn't – I mean, it just doesn't, it doesn't fit. Like that's one of those things that would be too far out in left field or right field um, because the technology does not exist okay. to that extent today especially.
9: That's oh. true, that's true. All right, and you said that with a pretty straight face, so even I can believe it.
3: <laughs> and you just ruined me. If I ever I if I had put it figured out. nanobots into the story, come find me. All right. If,
9: if you put nanobots <laughs> in the story, man, I want your beard. Okay, <laughs> you can have it.
3: <laughs> just give me a month, and I'll be back, you know.
9: <laughs> man i've been trying to grow a beard for the last 23 years it's just it's it's sad i couldn't even i couldn't even scrape dirt off with my little bit of beard
3: scratch i stopped shaving at the mid-season hiatus so it just... i stopped
9: shaving when i was 13 and i'm just as smooth as i was when i was 13 it's sad
1: <laughs> that's great Let's see. Uh, Well, thanks, Deacon. And once again, those were excellent shots. If you guys haven't seen them, uh, they're out on the We're Live front page, and we can also add them to the show notes once this is in podcast form.
9: Oh, you know, before I go, though, I wanted to add that um, for the whole live event, uh, we plan on being there. We're gonna have cameras and stuff like that, and I'll figure out a way where um everybody can download the photos, the shots from the shoot. If Casey is okay with it, once I'm able to to release the the rest of the shots, then I'm also gonna make those Creative Commons where folks can download them just for like their own personal use or fan use or whatever.
3: Sweet, oh, yeah, because cool. he got some really great shots of the studio, and I'm like, no. Don't release. No.
9: <laughs> yeah, I, I posted them, and then he, he emails me, like, pull that last publish. And I, I didn't see that, that anything was really being revealed, but, you know, um, <laughs> KCC's different than I was. Whoa. Cut yeah. off. Cut them off. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I'm keeping well, those it, under my hat for now.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't um, – anything in the recording studio, even stills, I'm like, I don't want to release until afterwards just because – um, who's talking to each other at the same time even I don't want to have uh, spoil before and that's one of the reasons why I actually don't we, there's no previews at all for this because I feel like this is one of those few experiences uh, that you will go into not knowing what's going to happen next because you do not have anything to go off of no preview, nothing yeah that makes sense, definitely <laughs> yeah you
1: can send it to the Wear Life FanCast though we'll be uh, standing by for those
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that's great Hey, well well, uh, thanks for thanks again for joining us, Deacon.
9: Right on, brother. Take care. All
1: right. take care. Take care, man. Uh, thanks I've again. A question for you about yeah. the album art here. Let's see. Yes, shoot. Where Which one? He? I'm gonna bring it up here.
3: The most recent one.
1: Yes. Is that? It's Datu, of course, in the church. Is he holding the camera there? Is that what's He's going on? He's
3: holding one of the spotters. The camera Okay.
1: So for the longest time, oh, cool. I thought that was like a hammer. We're kind of Redbeard and I were talking about it. We couldn't figure out what it was.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, that's the camera box. Uh, you could, Like, episode one, you had no idea. Episode two, you might not have an idea. Episode three is like, oh, yeah, they grab the camera box from uh, around the ones they set up around Ground Zero.
5: Right.
1: Okay, cool. So that's what it looks like. You just push in this, that little uh, rod he's holding there into the ground.
3: Yeah, it looks it's kind of like um, it's kind of like a camera. mailbox with a window. <laughs> <laughs> They're not really that special, but they uh, the way that they designed them was for them to stake in the ground, uh, kept the camera dry inside from any rain or any moisture, um, and yet still was able to like uh, pick up an image if they could.
1: Right, right. Okay, well, uh, let's see here. What else do we have? Redbeard. I'm sad. Robbins is done. Robbins is done. That's tough. All right. Yeah.
3: Well. So- it, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just it's par for the course, um, and I can't tell you why, but it's uh, everything that's happened happens for a reason in the story. So it'll like bring these things up at the end, and I will tell you some why this why the decisions I made I made, and I think they'll make sense uh, when you get to the the final conclusion. <laughs>
1: All right. I don't
3: so, wait. But so it's, okay. it's
0: it's technology that exists today, medical medical abilities that exist today. So no aliens, no nanobots, no aliens, right?
3: If if it was aliens, I if and I wouldn't establish it by now, I would be a really bad writer. I'm
4: just, I'm just
3: saying. <laughs> uh, not saying that I'm a good writer. I'm not going to cuz who knows, maybe I don't land this ending and everyone thinks it's the worst thing known to man and I end up on the top 10 worst endings list. Um, I don't think that'll be the case, but you know, I, I will be humble about it. That I I will say that there's inherent risks with everything. Um, and I think I think it's a good story. I think it's got a great ending, and I'm really happy with it. Um, and uh, I think uh, I think people will accept it and like it for what it is. Yeah, I have no doubt.
1: <laughs>
4: and oh, it looks like uh, if, if people
3: really like uh, and Miss Robbins uh or Tony Ray, he's on Blair's improv team, and they perform. Uh, all the time on a team called Fancy Hobo. So check them out. Google them, Fancy Hobo.
1: Yeah, definitely, Fancy, Fancy Hobo. Hobo. I've been meaning to look them up.
3: Yeah, it's Hobo. a great team. Uh, they they do a lot of really good uh, improvisational comedy, and uh, and yeah, I think it's a, a really really talented. That's one of the reasons I, I met him actually was was through uh, the improv festival. There's been a lot of actors on the show who've come from improv comedy because. That's uh, that's what my wife does, so it's been like a kind of a, oh, here's you, I'll take you and borrow you, and because uh, Muldoon, he's also uh, improvisational. Um, there's been a lot of them on the show throughout, even some side characters um, that people don't even know who they were, like uh, there was a one Boulder soldier that was on the uh, helicopter that was played by uh, Thomas Kellogg, uh, and he's, he's another comedian, he does stand-up comedy, so it's, there's a lot of, like, Real funny people who are on the show who have to do serious stuff. It's kind of like yeah. <laughs> but the, the great thing about it is they're really flexible. A lot of really good people. Jay, Jay, uh, James Stiebeck, um also was an, uh, an improviser on one of Blair's teams uh, as well. Um, a to Z. Yep, and Max. Max is another improviser. So all these, uh, a lot of side characters and a few main characters are all uh, kind of come from her little background. So I'm kind of leeching them a bit. You know, that that's
0: a question that I forgot to ask. Was it was it Max? What was? Why was he so irritated all of a sudden with Datu, or was it Pete? No, that's Pete. That was Pete.
3: Oh, Pete. Why is he, Pete irritated? What, yes. Look at him. He's a guy. Um, Pete is Pete's very egotistical. Uh, put it like this: um, People who are in uh, positions of power can sometimes exploit it. Imagine you're the guy who's got everything, and everybody needs something from you. He kind of got into that role at the colony. Um. Yeah, that was Greg. Oh, Chris is like Greg Miller. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know man, if that's your perspective of Greg Miller. I love Greg. Greg's such a great guy. Um, and it's just the Pete just kind of fit for me kind of being a little bit of a peep. Because everyone's nice to Datu, and someone's got to be a peep to him. Because yeah. let's face, it, Datu is supposed to be this great mechanical guy, and he's been working on this pump for how long, and it still doesn't work? It's a bloody windmill. I mean, come on. I, I kind of share Pete's frustration a little bit.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll, I can accept that partially.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of explore. There's a lot more that I explore in the background of the character, like why he is the way he is. Like, um, imag- There's a, imagine a whole story of Pete in his shop. Like here he is at the colony, everything's going well for him. He's like has all this stuff. Then all of a sudden the Maulers come in, and raid all of his crap. He's got nothing. He loses his position of power. Then all of a sudden he starts to have it again when the colony comes back into CJ's power, and he's like, yeah, now I got my shop and everything. And then all of a sudden she's like, all right, let's go. And he's like,
0: <laughs> so <laughs> and that and that's why people are frustrated with CJ.
3: Yeah, well, at the same time, there are people that in the colony that just put her on a pedestal because literally there are people that were slaves under the Maulers. We haven't even, we even talked about that mm. much. Um, and people don't re- remember that they took slaves, like they just took people who were survivors and put them in like slave encampments and forced them to work. Those people became citizens of the colony. So imagine you you the person who led everyone to liberate you. You're not going to think ill will of her almost at all. She, she can almost do no wrong to many of the people that are there.
1: All right, I brought uh, Todd into the show here. Welcome back. Todd, you there? He I was saw.
3: there. Matter of fact, it was pretty creepy because like, I could see his face, but it was in okay. dark.
4: He was like, hey.
1: Yeah, he was moving. It was kind of freaky looking. <laughs> <laughs> the, the lighting <laughs> you had. I, I, I thought it was a screen. picture, and then all of a sudden you started freaky, like though. creeping off
5: the screen. Oh, yeah. Am I here now? Yeah, you're yeah, here, you're here. Yeah. Okay. There Okay, there we go. What have I missed? I literally walked in the door and fired up the computer. Well, uh,
1: he, he told us how the last chapter ended, but that was it. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm it. That's it. Uh,
3: we talked about nanobots.
1: How...
3: Well, You know, we did reveal... Uh, I did reveal that the uh, behemoth that is currently shown up is not from the jail. That's the only thing that I revealed that was really uh, something different that wasn't on the page.
5: Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, uh, it's also
1: not Robin's. Uh, Some theories have been out there.
5: Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, uh, I'll just go ahead and jump into it. Um, Yeah, yeah, shoot. I really enjoy the way uh, there's so much controversy, I guess, with the current uh, zombie language or whatever thing going on.
3: Uh, Yeah, yeah. yeah. We talked about that a little bit. Um, Kind of like the the general consensus is that... um, Wait and see, because <laughs> a lot of people are, kind of, I think, jumping to kind of the conclusion that it's it's something mythical, magical kind of thing. Um, but it there's, I think, a more of a logical explanation that we'll get a little bit later on.
5: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's the way I take it. Is so many things just in that uh, in the brain itself, uh, you just can't really. Explain, unless you're a neurological scientist or whatever. But uh, yeah,
3: and even them, are, they're still trying to put the pieces
4: together.
5: Exactly, ah. and then you throw in another aspect where you know, you're bringing in a zombie virus or whatever you're doing, and what changes does that make? And how yeah. can you possibly analyze that compared to what we know just in our normal world? So I don't really see the problem that everyone's having, personally.
3: Tanya's been able to give us a re- well. I'm sorry, not Tanya. That Datu going through this process that he is has given us the only aspect of the mental changing that we've ever seen from anybody. So we're kind of discovering new things about them through him. Um, and like with uh, Tanya, she's able to observe all the, the the different changes in the body through autopsies and things like that. But yeah. we even if she dissected the brain, she might not know what really is going on up there. And so Datu describing... How he's seeing everything from a distance, as if he's like has a backseat in his mind, is the idea uh, of just being in that perspective of, of what it is like, um, and kind of the the horrors that is what it is changing into. It's 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 kind of it's the first time we've ever had a real personal touch into that uh, perspective.
5: Right, right. Um, another thing, which would kind of jump into the whole Lost thing we were talking about. Uh, earlier today is uh, with that okay let's just go into it uh, jump in that's fine I'm not yeah. gonna, I-
1: hey guys this is Mick jumping in here just want to let you know there's a little bit of a lost conversation going on here if you're worried about getting spoilers from lost let's go ahead and skip the next about two two and a half minutes and we'll they'll continue with the discussion of
5: we're live right right well <laughs> a lot of it's just the story itself and how it was presented uh let's put it this way. Had the showrunners for that show not been as vocal as they were and told you so many things out in public, to where you could, you uh, know, such as saying uh, they're it's they're not all dead or it's, or it's not, not magic.
4: purgatory, yeah,
5: right. Had they not come forward and said that, how would that color your opinion now or um, at, by the I think I the
3: would day? have had a different perspective. I think um, part of the I think when Littleoff came out and said it's not purgatory. And then it was later, like distinctly purgatory, yeah, uh, yeah. in a way. And uh, people are like, eh. it really was. Um, it's cheap. It cheapens the experience. Uh, my my biggest problem with with Lost was that um, you're invested in storylines that didn't actually exist. Like when um, that whole when they're off the island thing for the last season, um, <laughs> it, we basically wasted time screen time. In a figment imagination world that had no consequences. That's my major major problem. Is it's 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 almost cheapens the experience. It's like wait a minute. So these choices that the characters were making weren't real choices. It was all just imaginary. It wasn't real. It was almost intentionally deceiving. The biggest proponent of that is the fact that the opening season they go out. Of, uh, the opening of the last season they go out of the plane. Under the water, and you see the island under the water. What did that have anything to do with what they were going for in the end? <laughs> it, didn't, it wasn't there. It was intentionally misleading for the audience, and that's when I have a problem with the story, is when you take a, a, a listener or a viewer, whoever's enjoying your story, down a path that's completely worthless, and they get nothing out of it. It's just bad. And that's... Yep. that's yeah.
0: I, I, I'm I'm hoping not spoiling more, but I, it it still would have worked if it had only been one person's perspective at the end.
3: Yeah,
5: yeah, I agree with they, that they, too.
3: They didn't know what they were going for. They like they wrote themselves into a really bad corner. Um, and it's yeah, it it they should have around season two or three figured out where they were going. And one of the things that makes me mad the most, and people are like, "Why are you ending where alive?" They they set precedence of what not to do. Was they just took the story that was supposed to be a certain amount of, of time, and they extended it beyond what it was supposed to be. And then you scramble to try and come up with storylines, and then you lose focus of what's really supposed to be going on. Is Ever, any... is everyone, everyone's commenting yeah. on my background right now. <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. You're, they I'm
0: said you're exploring.
3: hoarding. I'm not hoarding. I got <laughs> Okay, if you really want to know, I finally got a new production computer, so it's sitting back there right now.
1: <laughs> oh, beautiful!
3: <laughs> so, because I've overloaded my computer too many times, and um, it's it can't keep up with me editing anymore. So I've like decided to finally, you know, bite the bullet. Because with all these chapters, they're getting more and more, more and more information and stuff. And it's just the computer's completely overloaded now, and it's like not having it anymore.
1: <laughs> we, well, we totally understand that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Todd, uh, you got anything else?
5: Mm, let me think. And, well, kind of just going back to where the lost conversation started um mm-hmm. with the idea of coloring opinion uh just today had a i would i don't know if I'd call it a heated debate or a argument or whatever with a litmaster based <laughs> on that idea, yeah um. Basically, my opinion of it is with everyone getting kind of heated right now or controversial, whatever you want to call it, with the whole uh, zombie language thing, I propose that part of that is the fact that we know the, the writer, you know, we know the creator. um, We know him as a rational, you know, science-minded type of guy. And now everyone's somewhat seeing something that they're labeling as magic. So I pretty much said that... Uh, our opinions of the writer uh, color the uh, color our opinions of the show.
3: Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's entirely true. I mean, if uh, like, I gotta, somebody, I can't close. There's too much stuff in the way. I can't close the closet, guys. He's not wearing
1: <laughs> closet. People, he does not want to get up.
3: Um, there's too much stuff in the way. It's, let's stay on topic. I know there's, There, it's gone. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So I agree. Like, if, if I choose to do something that is a little bit outside the spectrum of science, I kind of it is it is risky. It definitely is risky. Um, and there, but there's already been um, there's certain things that are on the edge that I play with all the time. Um, Absolutely. And uh, there's certain gray areas in this that um, are feasible. And that's that's my main thing is is the the answer that I have for this especially because this has been for some reason this is like one of those moments where where people I wouldn't I don't want to say jumping the shark, but it's kind of applies to where it's like one of those things that might hinder the the a chink in the armor, so to speak. It's like, oh there's that one thing that's like that people point out. I, I don't think this is going to be it. I think when people actually get the answers of everything that happens, they're gonna be like, okay, that's I, I, I dig it now. I kinda overthought it at the time. Um, and I, that's happened, I think, a couple times throughout the story as it's gone on, because there's been moments in the story, I think even in the first season when we did the, uh, smell thing, people were like, uh, I don't like that, and then it became a staple <laughs> in the show, and they're like, oh, this is cool, this is like a rule that we get. So, stuff like that is definitely a part of the story, it's just, um, uh, especially as we go slowly through these, uh, last ones, and we reveal little bits here and there, um, uh, we reveal a lot more uh, in a short amount of time. So I think there will be things where people will be like, what? But it's, it's, it's. I think it's within the story spectrum. I think we're okay.
5: Absolutely. Um, like, just for me, I know my opinion of it. Uh, I'm a huge Scott Sigler fan, so I definitely enjoy the way the story's going so far, just based on that, you know, a lot more of the hard sci-fi thing. Um, I know, that's basically all I had for the evening.
3: Okay. Yeah, no, I... Uh there's little uh, everyone is an analyzing the hell out of everything behind me. Stop it! <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, there's there's definitely there's there's some stuff that's going to be suspension of, a little bit of disbelief. It just it's just going to happen. Is some is, is um, okay? Fine, I'll take you on a tour of the office. We'll take a little bit of a break Yay,
4: here. Um, no trip. <laughs> Uh
3: So I'll uh, let me see if I, can I disconnect this. I'm locking
1: camera. the camera on you. So go ahead. Yeah,
3: I'll. Uh, I'll oh, you're locking it on me. Okay. So. Uh, since people are very interested in all the stuff that's in the background here, up there, uh, those are our Golden Ogle Awards. Um, those are for uh, Chapter 10 and Chapter 17. There for We're Alive. Uh, up there, above that, is uh, my Pro Tools certification. Um, and then there is a cosplay thing that I made for Blair. Um, and then this is, those are all the scripts uh, if I can get it. There we go. Those are all the scripts for Where Alive there. Ooh, um, all wonderful. three. So they're, it's pretty thick and dense and uh, I kind of had to go to a second shelf. There was too many. Um, so yeah, so that's pretty much the office. Uh, there's a bunch of other little stuff in here because I used to do a lot of video production things and uh, stuff like that so I have like uh, other posters and I also live here so there's clothes too so you know bear in mind I'm a human being that has life and you know have to wear things.
1: <laughs> Thanks for the tour.
3: Yeah, so that, there's a lot of really cool Wear Live stuff. Um, this is oh, this is where I edit um, all the Wear Live stuff. Um, you can see the speakers. We use KRK uh, Rocket Fives, um, and then over here on the right, uh, we have um, there is just the uh, mbox and all the mixing stations. And then uh, down there is the mic jacks and stuff like that. And if I do ADR and things like that here, I have my own set of mics. Uh, so, yeah, because this, this is where I do a lot of the audio editing for We're Alive. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, I'm pretty much in this chair a lot to the point where it's completely worn down in spots. And, uh, actually, the funny thing is this chair is featured many, many times in the show. Of Like, when Bert's sitting down and squeaking, it's usually this chair. Because <laughs> it's like when, when – early in the beginning especially, it's like uh, when they're doing the conference scenes and things like that. I just put the mic here and just acted it out just to give him some, like, some movements of things that's, that's going on.
1: Well, that's great. Hey, Casey, uh, I guess we're going to probably wrap this thing up here. We've had a lot of fun, and it's been great to have you back on. And oh, yeah, same, thank same you. Same to you, Todd. Thanks for joining us.
3: Is anybody in the chat – should we do a quick rundown of any chat questions of anybody who wasn't able to get on? If
1: you have time, that'd be great.
3: Yeah, yeah, let's 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 do that because I don't want anybody to feel like they didn't get to ask something that they wanted, even though they don't have a mic.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely.
3: So anybody who has questions in the chat, um, that's streaming. If you didn't get to ask one or something, I know Mar- Marv was here for a little while. I don't know if he's here anymore. Uh, some people wanted to have him come on. I don't know if he's still sticking around, but it's okay. So
1: Richard says, uh, Kimmett's chair too." That chair squeaked a lot.
3: Yeah, I think this is Kimmett's chair too. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's got a, it's a it's a many it's a very talented chair. It's very talented.
1: <laughs> what do you record with? when you you just get your iPhone out or and record that or what?
3: Oh no no no! Um, this is uh, this is one of the microphone or similar to the microphones that we use. This right here is um, an Audio Technica AT forty fifty one. With the the microphones we use to record our actors are the longer shotgun ones. They're usually they have about the here. This guy right here I typically do for foley because the microphone receiving end is actually very very small. All the uh, the receptors that receive all the sound signals are pretty pretty tiny inside of here, and the pickup pattern is uh, small. So if I'm recording in a room like this, if I use a microphone that's shorter, I won't get as much reverb. So I use this a lot um, when doing just simple stuff like paper, um, whenever I have somebody writing something down, and and that way I don't have to go to a recording studio and and do that stuff because the reality of it is it's like, oh, I'm editing, and oh, that paper doesn't sound right, and it's hard to get something that's perfect. So that's why it's just good to just put a mic on, hit record, uh, yeah, I ah, done. So you can really, you can do Foley within seconds, and then move on to a different portion where you'd spend like maybe minutes trying to find something in a sound library that might be close, or tweak what you have. It's it's just trying to be uh, kind of economical in time.
1: Okay, yeah, that's really good to see. let me scroll back up here. We have a uh, another question. Katie Leroy is asking, how many sound effects did you create before you had access to the Foley theater?
3: I always had access to the Foley Theater, to be honest, uh, from episode one. Uh, That's where we did uh, the the round-robin recording for everybody. But I will say that um, we didn't do a lot of Foley in the beginning uh, because we just kind of relied on the sound effects library to try and get get by in certain scenes. Because I'll be honest, the first season in terms of sound design is pretty simple. It's pretty stock sound effects of people wandering around. Now it's like any footstep is fully. Every single little movement that somebody does, it interacts with something much more uh, involved. But our sound effects library, I think, is at least 100,000, if not more, sound effects. Um, Easily, easily more than that, I think. Wow. How do you... uh, Oh, never mind. That's a different question altogether. Well, how do we organize it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: I'll show you that. Crazy. All
5: right, so
3: let me, let me uh, connect to my... Uh, let me get the program running. We'll uh, maybe move on to another question, and I'll kind of show you a little bit about it.
1: Sure. Rachel asks, what's your favorite Foley work you've completed at home? You completed at home, is what I should say.
3: I I, I, I recorded the dog. Um, uh, Marcus, <laughs> or the colony, the, the goat? dog barking, that was my dog. I knocked on the door like it was a mailman, and the dog went crazy. It did <laughs> perfectly. <laughs>
0: It's great. Yeah, there's a YouTube video of that in there.
3: Yeah, I was like in my pajamas because that's how I edit because no one sees me. I mean, You'd be surprised how much of Wear Alive was done in my underwear. Just, just saying.
1: Well, Redbeard and I are in a tux. We dressed up for the podcast as usual. but <laughs> Only from the top up. I guess it's just us. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's one of those funeral garbs. It's just the front, you know. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Welcome. See, any more questions from chat? Uh, ask away.
3: Uh, okay, oh, so the accurate count of how many sound effects we have is 249,603.
1: 249,000, oh my goodness.
3: Alright, so this is kind of how we do it, a little bit of a behind the scenes here. Uh, this is, uh, our library here, It's this is SoundMiner, this is how we, um, search our database for all our sounds. Uh, right now, it's in alphabetical order. So if I scroll through this list, it just goes on and on and on and on. These little icons here are the different uh, albums that we have with the different licenses. Uh, I think this is a. Um, this is general. I can't remember who does this series. Oh, it says over here. Like I give, I have a full description of all the um, what the information of each one is. Um, and if I turn up my sound effects, that is an adding machine. So if I just look up here, say for instance, I'm looking for I don't know. Uh, We do a lot of truck stuff, so I look up truck, and I get 4,000 results. I can go truck, door, and there's my search down a little bit more. So I got fire engines, fire trucks, door pistons, cargo vans. Like, (laughs) it depends. Like, whatever I'm looking for specifically, I have limitless options. So, like, even the way the door closes tells you something. So it's like, it's... Uh, kind of finding that right thing that fits exactly what you want. Um, and that's why I love having this library is because uh, you can definitely, like, tailor specifically uh, whatever you want in the scenes. However a character interacts with an object is very uh, tailored and specific exactly for that scene. <laughs> very cool. See, uh, I could geek out the, to there that one,
1: There was a good question. Oh, Alberto says, <laughs> I noticed the crows are gone from recent episodes. Is there a reason...
3: Um, uh, no, <laughs> oh, no it, um, it crows. Uh, people have a lot of theories on these crows, uh, crow things. And I'm just going to say that, uh, if they're in there, it's meant to give some sort of feeling or emotion. Um, sometimes it's for foresh- foreshadowing for something to happen. Um, those sorts of things. Um, so it, it kind of, it's, it depends on what the scene is. Uh, if, Crows give a feeling of sometimes desperation. Um. Or uh. I'm not going to get into too much. Just yeah. <laughs> oh, and if people people said, oh, you edit on a Dell? That's just the monitor. Uh, it's we actually do. We're pretty exclusively Mac here. Um, because uh, and the main reason why is because Pro Tools, uh, which is our main editing program. Um, you know, I will actually load up the last session and kind of give you a tour of that too, if you want. Oh, very cool. Uh, uh, Pro Tools is the pretty much the industry standard for editing audio. So um, being able to like use it very very fluidly and easily is pretty much uh, better on a Mac than a PC because I use both for work.
1: Nice. I see. Chris is a uh, he says baby sound effects.
3: Hmm. <laughs> no, I don't know. It says sound effects library for babies. I mean. I don't know. If, if they actually know the stock stuff for those sorts of things, it's not a real plausible thing to do. I, I don't know.
0: Blair said, show them scary playground.
3: Scary playground? That's my favorite sound effect. How does she know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so uh, I closed the program, so I won't do it. But if, if there is an ambient tone that I use so much in the series called, uh, it's like wind playground, and every so often you can hear this like little bit of a metal squeak um, but it, it makes me feel so much like an open, desolate area, um, that I use it all the time. Like, I, even the last episode I'm looking at, I can see it right there, it's on the timeline. Um, because it's, it's really, uh, one of those, um, like, ambient wind tones that you can't really get anywhere else. Um, so, okay, so here, I'll show you, uh, this is a typical, uh, chapter here. This is actually, thir- uh, 43, um... So down here it's all broken up into sections. It's a massive amount of tracks. If I zoom out oh, goodness. Um this is the this is just the vocal tracks up here. This is all just the voices. And then down here is all the sound effects, then you get even lower, and then you get into the ambient stuff, and then at the bottom is all the music. So
4: okay.
3: in total it gets insanely huge. Um so as I go through some of this stuff like here I'll
2: I'm sorry, I I, I didn't know you would <laughs>
3: So down here is all the ambient stuff. This is just, if I solo it and play it, um, it is just the um, air tones in the background. So if I I play it, you hear the birds, you hear a little bit of, like, there's some uh, inside of here, the the spirit wind desolation. There's the generator. It's a little bit in the background. Uh, The wind. It's all basically, um, the levels are changed depending on what sort of things are happening in the scene at the time. Um, and then obviously we have the music tracks down here, it's a blending a lot of the time of multiple things like uh, right here here's the here's the section where um, I'll just solo this so you can kind of hear it um, the end of the last episode so it kind of goes through here, you get um, I think that's that's the cello no, that's a viola right there and then it goes from there and then it transitions pretty seamlessly so there's the uh, and then and then it goes into the guitar. So it's all um, kind of layered in there. Um, here's some special tracks here, more sound effects, and then all this stuff is just people moving around. Here's, like, if I solo these tracks, um, I'll just take some stuff here. Um, here's Datu's Foot Chains and Hope. Uh, well, actually, that's not Hope walking around. That's a uh, mislabeled track. <laughs> and then up here at the top, we have all the vocalizations. So we have a lot of alternate takes of people like If you look at the color stuff, I don't know how much you can see right now because I'm looking at the screen, but the colored ones are the actual lines being used, and the grays are alternate takes that we have. So if I was to go over here, and uh, let's just solo these uh, audio tracks here.
2: I know, that was radon.
3: So that's Michael's performance there. I can mute it and say, okay, I don't like that performance. I can go with the other one. And do that one.
2: I know that. That was Radon. It's...
3: So depending on like what oh. performances match each one, I have a lot of options I can go through with this. Because um, when we record, we do a lot of different takes just to get different feelings and emotions and different uh, ideas. And you can see there's a lot of alternate takes in here. We'll never release them because all it is is just the same line, just said diff- a little bit differently. Um, and then we go through. It's just pretty massive. Like uh, So there's all the voices, and you scroll down and like here's just the footstep sections alone um they get pretty complicated and uh yeah that's a tour of kind of the uh the the back end of uh, what we do
1: very cool thank you for letting us see that
3: yeah no problem uh obviously i'm not going to say that so yeah that that's pretty <laughs> much every chapter is like that so 43 of those before that and we we spend a, an unseemly amount of time getting everything like as perfect as we can. Uh, and somebody asked, "What software is this?" It's uh, Pro Tools because uh, one of the great things about Pro Tools that very few few programs can. Um, Pro Tools, I can edit and play back at the same time. So actually, I'm playing back and making modifications as I go on the fly, uh, which is a huge time saver. Because if you couldn't do that, it's like um, it's pretty difficult. Like it's it would take forever. Because this is each episode's 25 minutes, and it's just yeah, it takes a long time
1: we got a couple more questions here, or I guess uh, comments. Funky Dunk says he can't get back in. Uh, somehow I blocked him. I thought I told it not to do that. But he says, uh, if, oh, let me go back up a little bit. He says, I'd like to amend my thoughts on the zombie language. Since I'm blocked from rejoining chat, please know for me that Tagalog doesn't really make sense. Uh, if the symbols were Tagalog, Datu wouldn't forget it after reading, plus
3: he'd probably say, hey, it's Tagalog. <laughs> that's well-reasoned.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that came much more clear, this, this show, than the last one.
3: Yeah, the last episode, uh, the ending, obviously, is a cliffhanger. It's meant to, like, spur a conversation about what is the next thing to happen. Um, and there's going to be a lot of those uh, coming up in, in future episodes because that's the format we run. is is It's all about bringing you back into uh, to our world and having you tune back in every Monday. It's, it's the radio drama format. It's something that has kind of been dead for so long. We're trying to, you know, give it life.
1: Sweet. Good, very good. All right, Redbeard, I don't have anything else, brother. Do you have anything? Um, No.
0: <laughs> it feels like I should have more, and I don't.
1: Uh, no, well, uh, once again, uh, thank you again for Casey and everybody for joining us for this live fancast. I've had a lot of fun. Uh, I hope you had fun doing this, Casey.
3: Yeah, thank you. Uh, no, It's 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 always a blast, and I love... Um, we, I live, eat, and breathe this stuff, so sharing it, it makes me feel like, oh, other people enjoy this stuff. It's kind of (laughs) cool.
1: That, and also, uh, no, people don't know this, but it was pretty short notice. I got in touch with you last Thursday or Friday, and you were ready for it, so thank you for that.
3: Oh, yeah, no problem. My, My sister's 21st birthday was tonight, so we went, had a little barbecue, came back, and, uh. Yeah, it was. Uh, it worked out perfect timing. So now, no big deal. I was really excited to come on and talk about it. Especially, I was like, that was before the episode was released," and I was like, "We'll have a lot of cool stuff to talk about in this one."
1: <laughs> yeah, happy birthday to Katie, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. My sister just turned twenty-one, and uh, she'll be going out this weekend with us, and probably not coming home.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh Katie Lero, She says, "What's the future for We Are Live beyond the podcast?" And we'll end with that question.
3: Ah, oh, boy. Um, I well, here's the thing. When we're alive is uh, over. Uh, the podcast ends in July. We'll release the final season, season four, on CD, so everyone can have it. Um, I'd love to uh, visit and come back um, to come back and like describe, uh, not describe, but actually do the full four seasons in one set, and kind of come back and do um, uh, a clean version. Actually, is one of the ideas. Uh, where it doesn't have any language, and that way, if somebody—it's—we're still edgy in, in terms of uh, our family, uh, family appropriateness. Um, so that's that's one of the things we'd like to do. As for, I'd love to go to another medium. I really would. And so, when We're Alive is done, um, I will spend more time after, immediately afterwards trying to do, um, trying to get us. Uh, what do you call it? Um, an agent. I can pitch this to networks so we can maybe get an option for film or TV. Because I would love, because um, the ol- one of the greatest series in my opinion is Game of Thrones on HBO, and I would love to see what they could do with this on there. Because oh sure, AMC's got theirs, but what if HBO did it?
1: Really, I know. And uh, Katie actually just joined the call, so sure, sure. Uh, do you mind that, if we can get a question? While uh, she's
3: doing that, I will reveal because everyone's been nice, the uh, last, the next chapter's title. All right, uh,
1: chapter 44.
3: Chapter 44's title.
1: Thanks for listening to the We're Alive Fancast.
3: Chapter 44's title is Life and Death.
1: Hmm. Oh, no. that's a- <laughs>
3: <laughs> So take that as you will. Um analyze whatever you want out of it, but that is the uh, that is the next chapter is chapter 44 is life and death.
1: Life and death too cool. Hey Katie, you can uh, you can unmute your mic and talk whenever you want to.
2: I haven't ever tested this thing out before, so
1: sounds great. Okay.
3: Yeah. It seems to be working just fine.
2: Cool beans. <laughs> <laughs> you answered my question that I had was of uh, what's the future for war alive after the podcast and just where is it planning? Ongoing. I'm cute. Yeah, I have...
3: Um, I actually... At, after... Well, We're Alive. I, that's what I want to do with We're Alive. And then I have uh, two entirely other series um, that I was working on uh, that I'd love to continue to work on that I think would be great. Um, I just have... I have, a, like, a whole stack of stories that I haven't done anything with. Like, this right here is one of those um, one of those stories. <laughs> so it's like a lot of it's already been, like, researched and done. Um, with the Frankenstein head. I haven't really, like, been able to do too much uh, on it while this story's been going because it's, like, it's... Yeah, so I have other stories to tell. I'm just hoping to, to get to them next.
8: Are they all sci-fi-based, or do
4: you yes, explore Yes, they're,
3: they, they're a play on reality in a way. Okay. They're, all, all of my stories have some sort of um, sci-fi basis, but they're also grounded in reality to where mm-hmm. they are plausible because um, I think that the greatest stories hinge on reality as much, and a lot of these are really amazing character pieces, um, especially that one that I'm dying to get to, but I haven't been able to get to it, and like, um, it's weird because I created a character that I love, and I haven't been able to do much with them for over five years, and it's kind of like, I want to get back to uh, to doing more with them, and I'm really excited to kind of do more stories, and I think now that we have a cool following behind Real Live, um, there might be a chance for where I can launch that platform and maybe uh, start doing this stuff kind of full-time. Hopefully are, one day.
8: Are you thinking the same sort of, of uh,
2: media venue or the same? I, it's late. I can't think.
3: No, that's okay. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. Um, this I have the stories to tell. Um, I don't know what medium to tell them in. Like, I don't know if this story would lend it for an audio drama. We're Live was kind of designed with the idea of it um, kind of using an audio um, oral sensation tour, uh, and it's kind of it's tailored for that. This story, I don't know as much if it would work, Um, so I don't know if I would do uh, novels or whatnot, or it could just go directly to a a visual movie medium or TV medium. I don't know. It's kind of, a lot of it's up in the air. Um, Once I flush out the stories more, then I'll have a better grasp on uh, what I might be able to tell it. in. And also, if I'm uh, able to do it full time, that's a huge difference there, because if I'm like having the opportunity to do this stuff because I my day job is I'm an engineer and I come home and work on We're Alive and if I don't have to do that anymore and I can just do this I will <laughs> I'd love to just run with the stories and push more out there.
4: Would you still release them in a free ish
8: format like you did with the podcast? Um,
3: probably not.
8: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, only because. That's how I would quit my day job to do it. So that's that's the trade-off. <laughs> yeah, um, is I think that uh, the great thing about We're Alive and I, I will always have a, We're Alive available free. That's my mm-hmm. goal is to have a version of it free, uh, maybe not the best remastered version that we have. That's the CDs and things like that, because I think it's uh, it's opening you up into our world and then uh, kind of like you know it's an, it's an intro to. Uh, my style of, of storytelling. And then hopefully it, other stories, if you want, if you like that, maybe you'll like this too, so to speak.
4: Okay. That's, that was my question. Yeah. Was, what's Very the future?
1: Cool. Thanks for coming on, Katie. Yeah, well,
4: thank, thank you. Thank you.
1: And nice to nice to hear you and see you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, thanks everyone for sticking around so late. I know it's like, I think we're at least 1 a.m. on the East Coast. We're
4: getting yep. there.
1: We're getting there. All right, well, this has been episode 33 of the We're Fancast. Uh, thanks again, Casey. Thanks, guys. And this has been Mick. And this has been Redbeard. All right. That's all, guys. Thanks for listening to the We're Alive fancast. If you would like to send feedback to the show, you can email us at at wearealiveatmickred.com, and we will read your mail on the show. We want to know what you think about We're Alive each week.
0: Tweet us or email us your theories and reactions to that week's show.
1: You can tweet us at... At WA Fancast. Visit our website at micred.com. Mick Red is always spelled M I C K R E D. You can find the We're Live Fancast on Facebook. Just search We're Live Fancast. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod for letting us use his song Ghostpocalypse in this podcast. This has been a Mick Red production.